Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, that was interesting. I just heard a voice tell me, did you hear that, Darren? Yeah, I did. I said continue. <laughs> I don't think they must have updated their software. <laughs> well, thank you, lady in the Zoom sky. Recording is indeed in progress. This is Southside Sox on the Farm Podcast. It's number three, and we're, we're going to just double up. Number two was so good with Darren Black. We're just doubling up for number three. Third edition, Darren Black again with me. Okay, uh, Darren, it is, uh, it's time to gear up. Okay. Yep. Got my hat. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you're not wearing your official uh, SB Nation farm gear, but uh, <laughs> all right. I'm outrageous enough to carry you this time around. And if you think I'm taking it off this entire podcast, I am not. We are on the farm. And Darren, uh, you just put out your second weekly piece. That'll again be linked in the podcast uh, post. And so we're going to run down once again, all four affiliates, and I'm going to think, let's not just go traditional. Let's, would you like to start with the bad news or the really good news? How are we going to start this off? Uh, well, let's start with Cannabis. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes, clearly the bad news of the system is the team that came in with a lot of hullabaloo, both because they got a new stadium, a new name and an action-packed, very talented roster that so far has done very little. And, of course, we're not going to overreact. You know, we're mostly just poking fun at Kannapolis because, really, it's hard to be as bad as they've been so far this season. You really got to try to lose uh, 10 out of 11 games, uh, 11 out of 12 games, correct? 11 out of 12 games. Yep, they're 1-11. Uh, okay, so, uh, Darren, Kenny, give me an explanation about this uh, Kenny Madness. Uh, well, it, there, there really isn't a, 
hard and fast explanation for just them, uh, because especially at this level with no rookie league or no advanced rookie league, Mm -hmm. um, like every organization is going to go through the trouble of guys having not pitched since uh, 2020 in some cases or 2019, even in some cases, um, if they were drafted in 2019. So it's just a really, it's just a really weird confluence of events. Uh, but especially for Kannapolis, uh, I mean, they have, uh, like, just take Jared Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time he pitched was, um, I'm guessing, early March, late February mm-hmm. in high school. Right. So <laughs> to go from that to yeah. uh, about a year later uh, to pitching the guys who have been professionals either for uh, a year, maybe even two in some cases, it's just uh, it's going to take them a while to get used to it. Um, I highly doubt they're going to win the first half division title. <laughs> um, so, so maybe it's time to watch out for the second half. But. Well, I forget what the opposite of the magic number is, but whatever the opposite of it is, it's it's low already. Uh, yeah. They might be in yeah. single digits already. Uh, tell me this. I think maybe on site in, in a comment, I think I made this comment, and tell me how legit you think it is. I mean, uh, um uh, uh, Drew Dahlquist and uh, Matthew Thompson, uh, both are guys who were just a year uh, draft class, uh, a year ahead of Kelly, uh, pitched mm. basically nil uh, professionally, I think maybe three innings apiece. Yeah. But they also did get the whole summer essentially uh, in Schaumburg last year, alt-site stuff. Um, so that's going to, even though on paper it's going to look like, geez, Jared Kelly's hardly behind those guys. They missed a season. He really is significantly further behind because I'm guessing Jared Kelly did not get much time or real on uh, hands-on instructions, if at all, in Schaumburg last year. Yeah, no, I, I, I guess I would say the probably the biggest difference between those guys is, well, first off, well, first off, um, command for Dahlquist and Thompson out of the draft was supposed to be better than Kelly's anyway. And Kelly's like biggest problems are command. Um, but I do, I do put a lot in the stock of having an off season in an organization, mm-hmm. even though it was like an extremely weird off season since it lasted a year and a half and everything else that went on in between with the pandemic and everything. Um, but they actually had org arms or not org arms or org front office guys in their ears all the time. They probably got into some sort of daily routine that maybe didn't, wasn't so close to actually playing a ball game six out of seven days, which are the, they're doing now. Right. Um, but they have been in the organization actually got some playing time in 2019. So I think it's just the comfortability of it so far. Like I really like imagining myself going out of high school and then <laughs> going to play professional baseball. I really don't think I'd be able to handle it either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just always keep that in the back of my head uh, whenever guys like that are pitching or hitting. Um, including uh, the DSL guys uh, coming over from international to a place they've never been to. So it's just kind of, it's just, everything's weird. Um, I wouldn't put too much stock into anything. I mean, if you want to, some guys are doing pretty well. Matthew Thompson is doing well, Um, but I would still kind of wait till June, see where they are at that point, and then maybe start getting uh, your thoughts together on people. 
Yeah, it would seem premature uh, a couple tough outings in to hit any kind of panic button with Jared Kelly. Although you point out, hey, listen, at some point, this is guy, he's not like the 10th. He's not a guy. He's not a guy who's sort of surprising, like maybe a Jonathan Stever who started moving up. It's like, hey, who is this dude? Uh, he pitched uh, in the north, for God's sake. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a guy who is now the number one prospect in the White Sox yeah. system, at least per MLB pipeline. So, yeah, you do want to see a, a, you want to see those flashes, even if it's one tough start where he's not in command and then maybe one where he's a little more on you. You want to want to see it even out a little bit. Uh, the bats have also struggled with Canapolis. I think as you pointed out, only a couple guys above like 207, some ridiculous uh, level. Yeah. Obviously Jose Rodriguez is just kicking ass. Uh, but, but really I think you sort of alluded to the fact that some of the DSL guys, you know, they're coming over here and they're jumping right into full season ball. And, you know, as, as much hype as a, a Benjamin Bailey has um, or some of the other guys who might be just got a little taste in Arizona. It seems like Jose Rodriguez has proven maybe the exception and not the rule in terms of him sort of hitting the ground running um, so far early on in uh, low A. Yeah, that's how I would look at it. And especially so if anyone is like popping off to you right now in Canapolis, <laughs> that probably means that they're actually better than what they when what people probably think they were coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or they're just uh, much uh, easier to adjust to a whole new kind of system. Um, but Jose Rodriguez has definitely caught like everybody's eye. Um, obviously, Benjamin Bailey, I think he's actually about like a calendar year younger than Jose mm-hmm. Rodriguez. Um, so maybe that's coming into play. Um, but there's just these guys are just such at low development right now that it's just it's really difficult to see where they are because Benjamin Benjamin Bailey needs to add weight because he's not going to come up if he gets the majors he's not going to look like he is right now as a 19 year old he's got to get up there and there's just a lot of things they got to figure out and they're just not figuring it out very quickly. <laughs> it's so frightening that you're saying he's got to have weight because the guy is already, he looks like he's like seven, five. Maybe he's just, maybe catchers behind him in the footage I've seen are just all really demeaning. Maybe they're Nick Madrigals of catchers, but the guy already yeah. looks like a monster. I get what you're saying. He's got to fill out his frame, but holy cats, that's going to be, that's going to make Frank Thomas look small. Maybe the Frank Thomas right now pumped up with eugenics yeah. might make him look small. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love you, Frank. Uh, okay. Um, so this is obviously just some weird aberration. Uh, and you know, let's face it, minor league results to some degree are, I mean, uh, good teams, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean nothing, but it doesn't mean everything either. So, uh, is this a team you think over time, just given the sheer talent, uh, they're going to learn how to sort of play as a team. They're going to learn how to pick each other up in a way they may be having yet in part because the chemistry isn't there. Some of these guys haven't played together before. Uh, probably a little bit of hype and pressure, uh, both to be maybe stateside for the first time or in full season league the first mm-hmm. time, or just the fact that there's sort of some hype around, you know, I don't know, a new name. They don't care, but I mean, there's still a lot of excitement. You might not normally get beginning a low A season, even one that's after a skip season. So would you project that these guys, you know, do settle down? Clearly they're not a one and 11, uh, whatever that winning percentage is. That's not the talent. No. Yeah. Eventually I do. Um, Like, I mean, I was being serious to actually look forward to the second half title because that's, uh, they should be much better then. And especially because right now, none of them deserve promotion. So they're probably all going to still be there. Um, learning together, uh, getting warm together and all that. So second half will probably be the big deal for them. Um, but just, they, they're just had a bad two weeks. 
really bad doing. Yeah. And before we start, I guess we're going to scale up the system. So before we start scaling up the system, I think we do have to make mention, trivia or not, of Dan Metzdorf, because it does appear that he has been promoted from low A to high A, even though he's had only two outings so far this year. And both of them have been poor enough to merit cold cat status. So this is sort of a rare situation, even though it's early in the season, that this guy's sort of like on the negative list on two different teams, really having only <laughs> pitched two games and he's like that does not a reflection of his of his talent it's sort of a weird anomaly that you know i'm sorry dan you know uh you, you know you got yeah. some down votes for your outing so far yeah i i i i can't remember his uh slot exactly where he was paid um but he definitely was under slot to sign other people um when he was drafted in 2019 um so it's just he's probably an org arm and will go up when uh, like to Winston-Salem when they needed an arm. Um, so I wouldn't actually be surprised if he's back down to Kannapolis or if he even pitches like a game or two in Charlotte because that's uh, kind of how the White Sox roll with those type of guys. Okay. Yeah, uh, they do that a lot with catcher. <laughs> and still nothing really turns up good. Yeah. Uh, okay, it's been established that we are allowed to just sort of randomly sort of walk away during this podcast. So I'm going to I'm gonna yeah, do that. Yeah. Grab my drink over here, uh, Darren. Um, just, just president set, president set. So, <laughs> okay, we are going to scale up because we started uh, at the bottom. So we're going to go to high A in Winston Salem, a team that's actually doing uh, pretty well. It seems like the pitching's been uh, very strong and the hitting not great, but timely enough to really eke out some wins. The guy I still can't really pronounce the name of. Apparently, Dan Victor, who is maybe going to be on this podcast with us, I think he's maybe on uh, episode number four coming up, is stumping really hard for him, giving us a lot of noise, but then not showing up on the podcast. So what's up with that, Daniel? Uh, Jason uh, Belous, I think that's what you said you thought it was? Yeah, Belous, Belous. Um, I'm, I, I am unsure I mean, too. But... I'm sorry, Jason, but a great, uh, a great outing uh, in this last week. And a guy that, though, is still up for question whether he's really a starter guy because his numbers get sort of tightened up in a way when he's starting versus relieving, or if he's going to be maybe long-term relief, he's at least putting himself on the radar as a guy maybe we should be watching. Yeah. Um, I mean, this year is really different, so you just need to find guys that can get innings, and he has experience as a starter, so might as well try to get him innings because uh, there's a lot to go around. Um, but he – so in 2019, he started out as a reliever after being a starter in college and in rookie ball. Um, and it was doing really well, like well enough that they wanted to see if he could actually go back to starting again. And he, he was fine starting, but it didn't like, it didn't deserve a promotion to Winston-Salem or Birmingham, whatever. Um, and now he's back in 2021 to starting and he's, I mean, he's doing really, really well. Um, I think they're, they're only like uh, five innings out, outings each. Um, so that caveat that he's not going right. super deep in the game, but he's striking out half the batters that he sees, that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> which is, yeah, that's really, that's some good talent. <laughs> um, but the big key for him, the, where he struggled in 2019 was his walk rate. He, he just walked too many people and then wouldn't strike out enough to make up for it. Um, and he's only walking about 5% of batters. I mean, it's only 10 innings so far so there's a long way to go to see if that creeps up but if that stays under 10 percent, that is something to keep an eye on um because the white Sox are really good at finding starters in college and then making them relievers so then they can do really well once they come up and move a lot quicker so that's uh jason blouse blouse <laughs> jason b sorry jason jason b <laughs> yeah is, is a guy to keep an eye on for the future um especially if he keeps striking out 50 percent of the guys that he sees. yeah 
All right, let's talk about irony, uh, Darren. We've gone years, maybe decades, maybe back to Robin Ventura. I guess Joe Creedy, the White Sox have had no third baseman. We move Yohan Mankata over from second to third. He starts to look like a guy who could be perennial all-star, all-star quality war, and not bad on defense either. And so far early this season, the third baseman in the system have been rolling hard. We're going to talk probably about Jason, uh, uh, Jake Berger up in uh, Charlotte. Taquan Forbes is uh, flashing again, two weeks worth, something impressive at Birmingham. And the guy you sort of called out, not necessarily called out, but just said, hey, listen, he's going to have to start showing something after a couple down years. Uh, Luis Corbello is a guy who's just kept uh, the accelerator depressed and is, is it really possible that what he's showing here could be an indication he is going to work his way back into uh, top 30 list and really work himself uh, back into being a significant uh, a prospect because he's hitting the hell out of the ball? Yeah, sure. So a uh, former top 30 prospect, he has the most homers in the farm system right now, oh. any level, uh, with five, um, which is very good. Um, he, he's a bit older for uh, high A. Uh, so I, I would like to see him in Birmingham to play guys that he's more age appropriate with. Um, but I mean, coming into the season, I did not think Luis Cabrello would have five homers in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So definitely um, someone that um, has a lot of pedigree from the past. I'm sure people you know him from minor league updates when the uh, rebuild started. And that was really where people paid attention more often because the MLB team was not that great. Yeah. Um, had some down years, but now he's actually looking fine. Um, he still strikes out a lot, and that's not fantastic. That's not something that he's improved on so far, so it could just be that he's hitting the ball a bit harder. Um, but he is walking a bit more. And so whenever you see a guy that's actually making changes to plate mm-hmm. approach and they're walking more, or in the pitching side they're walking less, mm-hmm. um, that's always a good way to see that they're maturing and actually improving on what they learned in the past. All right, before we leave Winston-Salem, again, pretty, pretty good start to the season for them. Um, let's talk about a guy that's been hyped. Uh, I always like to hype sort of the three amigos of uh, the Cannon and Bennett Souza and Andrew Perez as sort of this like clump of, of short relievers who could maybe find themselves all going up the system together, maybe all on the south side together. But I guess maybe a next wave guy who certainly doesn't lack hype, and I think only this spring has gotten more hype, is Caleb Freeman, uh, a guy that people are tabbing as, as somebody who could potentially move fast through the system. Uh, again, very small sample size, but are you seeing what you need to from Caleb Freeman to see him as a guy who could be a, uh, a guy who makes it to the south side one day in that short relief role? Uh, yeah, so he's still striking out the same amount of guys um, in Winston-Salem that he did in Kannapolis, and he's walking a touch less. It's not really uh, negligible. Um, the the real actual problem for him was um, that he just went, he would just put too many batters on base uh, to begin with in his uh, early uh, rookie ball, um, and he's actually going back to his role as a closer. So that's always a good way to note when the organization likes somebody and thinks they're good is when they're actually getting really meaningful um, uh, pitching. Um, So it's just another, still, you just got to wait, keep an eye on him. But I know Chris Getz says that he could see him going up really fast. And I mean, he's got a 180 ERA. So um, I'm not sure kind of how the promotion works under uh, COVID protocols. I know those are lessening, but I also don't know their vaccination rates in the farm systems. I don't know if that plays a part of it. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Freeman in Birmingham like come June. Um, I know most of the promotions are 
uh, around the all-star break, but they specifically said that he's a guy to watch out for, for, yeah. for promotion. So I would expect it to be earlier. All right, me and Darren are going to get to the good stuff. And believe it or not, I'm talking about Birmingham <laughs> being the good stuff. We're going to talk about that right after our break. So we'll be back in just a minute. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, White Sox fans, it is Southside Sox on the farm. And you can tell we're doing the podcast that's called On the Farm because one of us is wearing our officially issued SB Nation Southside Sox farm gear. Now, granted, the logo fell off, so I, I'm, you know, call me out too. And, you know, Darren, I didn't notice last uh, last podcast that you were wearing Birmingham Barons, correct, before you took it off. So you yep. were representing, you're representing yep. a traditional way. Yep. Okay. I've got the, the, I've got USPS. Uh, they deliver ah. mail to farmers. <laughs> You know, Darren, I like you a lot, so I'm going to round you up. Legit wear. Okay, we are on the farm, uh, and we have two affiliates to discuss. We started with the ugliness of a 1-11 start in Kannapolis, uh, skated <laughs> through to Winston-Salem, who's doing pretty well uh, so far, better than you might have expected. And now we're going to get to the great stuff in Birmingham, 9 out of 12 wins so far. And it's the way they're doing it. And really, I think last podcast, we talked about how well they were hitting and slugging, which is uh, odd for Regents Field, because at the time we talked, they had only played games in Regents Field. Um, But now the starting pitching and maybe the pitching staff as a whole are representing the hell out of that team. And, you know, this team is just, again, for two weeks of games, really, really impressed. Yeah, uh, going into this year, I thought Birmingham probably was the maybe not the most interesting because that's Kannapolis because of the talent. But it was just a mix of guys that I would always keep an eye on, uh, like Rami Gonzalez or Cade McClure, like those guys kind of on the back burners, like, oh, they might be good. Let's see what happens. Um, And then uh, former top prospects like Mike Rodolfo, guys coming off injuries, and Connor Pilkington. It's just a weird confluence of guys, and they're, like, for better or worse, most of them are playing really well. I I mean, you got some guys that um, haven't came out and looked as good as they were, uh, Mike Rodolfo is hitting homers, but not really hitting the yeah. ball beyond those homers. And yeah. then Alec Hansen still has his command struggles. But, I mean, Wilkin Cannon's doing great. Connor Pilkington's going, doing great. Rami Gonzalez is, is hitting the cover off the ball. Um, I know Dan also likes Craig Dedalo a lot, <laughs> and he is hitting the cover off the ball yeah. too. It's just a really weird and interesting kind of kind of team, and it's all just meshing t- together really well so far. Yeah, apologies to Craig uh, Dedalo. Uh, 
he sort of hit a funny cut, I think, with this last count of uh, MVP votes where he's actually in the cold cat list. I think he's going to get out of, that, out of that pretty quick because it seems like every one of his hits is for extra bases. Uh, he has clicked in a way that yeah. a lot of the rest of these guys That's have. Uh, I mentioned before Tiquan Forbes, there are guys here who have sort of like just sort of like wafted their way through the system a little bit. They're sort of at Birmingham. It seems like a few of these guys are at Birmingham simply because of age. Where else are you going to put them? slight merit maybe, but not necessarily. And, you know, they're taking it and they're like, okay, I'm wearing a double A uniform. Let me play like a double A player. And man, almost to a man, that's been the case other than a couple of guys you mentioned. Now, Connor Pilkington is, is the MVP for this week, but again, Kay McClure would be considered the MVP or the, or the, the Cy Young pitcher, I guess, for the system so far this season with the most MVP votes. So those two guys sort of at the top of this rotation uh, are just killing it. Yeah, and so I, I'm honestly very surprised about Connor Pilkington because of just how far he had fallen from his third-round draft pick pedigree. Um, and most of that has to do with his fastball, like, really decreasing in miles per hour. Um, and he's, I mean, he's putting it together so far. He's a guy that has to live, so, like, Dallas Keuchel starting to die today. He's a guy that has to live on the margins. He's got to hit his spots every day, every time. And if he misses, he has to miss outside the zone or he's going to get hurt with it. Um, and he's, I mean, he's doing that so far. He's not really walking a ton of people. Um, the strikeout rate isn't fantastic, but I don't expect him to be a guy that's going to go out there and have, um, if he does make it to the majors, like six innings, 10 Ks, that's mm-hmm. not the kind of pitcher he is. Right. He gets, uh, he wants to induce low contact, um, especially on the ground. Um, and he's doing that over 50% of the batted balls so far are grounders. And that's perfect for Connor Pil- Pilkington. So if that kind of holds around there, um, then you know that he's actually doing really well. Are the two lefty arms here short relief? No offense to the cannon. He's just a right-hander. But in Andrew Perez, Platino, and uh, Bennett Souza, although going into the season you think Bennett Souza is sort of one and Perez is 1A because Souza got the fall league assignment. He got the major league invite. Um, are those two the best um, short uh, relief lefty arms in the in the entire system at this point um I, I i would say yes of the guys that could actually make it to the majors um i think cody medeiros is fine and i'm sure he'll be up in charlotte eventually um but he didn't work out as a starter because he wasn't good enough so and bennett Souza and andrew perez have been really good yeah. relief in their minor league career um not that cody medeiros was terrible last season or not last season well i guess Yes, last season, 2019. But Cody Medeiros doesn't really strike out a ton of guys. Um, he's Connor Pilkington, but in the bullpen. So that's not really how people really uh, try to go uh, get their relievers nowadays. Um, Souza and Perez kind of fit that mold better. Um, and I don't think uh, the Barons have had many save opportunities because they've <laughs> been hitting the cover off the ball and their starters are doing pretty well. Right. Um, but I did the update yesterday and Andrew Perez got the save. So both of those guys are guys that uh, the White Sox organization seems to like and put them in positions uh, to show that they can actually um, get saves, get uh, high leverage outs. Um, I don't know if we'll see them this year uh, because of them being placed in Birmingham and not a lot of promotions this year, uh, but they don't have a lot of lefty arms in their right. system. So if something terrible happens to bummer, where if Fry has a setback and has to get put on yeah. the, the timeline gets pushed back. Yeah. Or if Evan Marshall isn't still doing so hot because he's kind of turned into that uh, lefty righty specialist. 
Mm. Um, but just again, these guys aren't going to knock your socks off when they come to the majors, but they're probably going to be in the majors. I would think in a year or two. Well, Platino has got some chutzpah too. And as we've seen, uh, I guess recently, if it's a trend at all, uh, your me Mercedes basically in spring training 2020, just after every game, just saying, see you soon, Chicago, you know, it doesn't, maybe that brass pays off and, you know, <laughs> Andrew Prez has got a little bit of that too. So, you know, who knows if that helps uh, accelerate, you move up the system. Hey, why, why not? Was somebody going to laugh at you because yeah. you're hyping yourself? Give me a break. Uh, yeah. All right. Oh. Another Another guy that we're hyping uh, a lot, um, and I was really impressed with last podcast, and all oh, that guy, Dan Victor, is like going crazy and hyping too. Like somehow we're like, you know, like trying to keep Romy Gonzalez on the down low. The guy came from left field. I mean, I know you say he played all over the the, yeah, the, the diamond earlier, but I mean, come on. He's a middle infielder now. He's kicking ass. Uh, he got removed from a guy. I, I checked him with Birmingham to find out what the deal was. But he, he like left the game like, first or second inning recently uh, like geez what happened but maybe it was maybe it was just a thing i don't know what it was but uh, you know hope he's not hurt i don't think he is but uh this is a guy who's you know rocked it to again at a at taking on a defensive challenge that maybe he didn't have to or wasn't even anticipating and look now he's a middle infielder and it seems like it's um got him um psyched rather than um scared him off yeah i mean he's playing shortstop now and this is the I, I don't have his college uh stats handy so i don't know if he played shortstop he does have some experience at second um but this is the first time in his professional career he's playing shortstop and he's he just hit 500 for the week last week so he's clearly not having a problem with either so far um and i mean he he, he hit the cover off the ball in rookie ball and uh with Canapolis in 2019 and he became a guy kind of like in the mold of Taquan Forbes when the Sox got him um, a couple of years back. Just a, he's not a top 30. Just keep an eye on him because some got sometimes top 30 outside the top 30 guys make it to the majors. Um, and he is, again, he, he has a really good bat and he keeps proving it over and over and over again uh, wherever he goes. So it's just, it's really unbelievable how, how well he's doing. He's uh, four homers batting 438. 274 WRC plus right now. It's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, Darren, la- uh, last podcast, we uh, took some dirty back roads, very bumpy ride going to Birmingham. Then I think we parasailed into Canapolis because they were just so bad. I didn't want to catch whatever <laughs> disease they had going through the locker room. No real travel together this time. So let's just take it straight. Let's go to Charlotte now a team that's basically just split their games. It's about maybe even better what you'd expect because this is a very strange mix of players. Yeah. And a lot of them, you know, 40 type guys and, and, and filler, which I guess is sort of more and more of the role of triple a these days, rather than being mm-hmm. the, the prime, the prime level uh, only, but um, Gavin Sheets still maintaining his sort of MVP status with another strong week. Uh, he and Jose Rodriguez are the two guys who have really stood out among uh, any of the hitters in the organization. We're not going to talk about Gavin because he's, he's made his case uh, for potential, potentially maybe even a, a uh, short-term call-up who knows, but the guy that I think the White Sox are really rooting uh, could get called up. Uh, I'm sorry, Luis Gonzalez. He's got a couple shots, not really gotten shots in the majors yet really, but he's been called up a couple of times is Blake Rutherford. And this is a guy who seems to be more uh, playing more left field now, um, which obviously doesn't necessarily help his case, but what he is doing is he's starting to slug, Uh, not necessarily homers, but he's putting balls in the gap, getting extra bases. And he put together a fantastic week. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, he's really hitting for average so far, um, and he actually does play an outfield spot and has played an outfield spot his entire <laughs> professional career. career. Go figure. So we can't I, call him yeah, up. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a plus because <laughs> they, they have a couple of guys they put out there in the majors right now that haven't until like a month ago or in Danny Mendick's case, like three days ago. Um, but, I mean, he's really doing well so far. Um, the, I did make a note in the weekly update that he is still hitting a lot of grounders and he is still hitting it. Not that it's necessarily bad that he's hitting it to the opposite field, but he's also not really pulling the ball, um, which means he's probably not hitting it all that hard right now. Um, so it's still something to watch. He's still hitting it where people aren't. Um, and that's, uh, it seems like a White Sox thing to do right now because in general, they're not hitting a ton of homers, but they keep hitting it literally where, wherever people aren't. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, their whole entire outfield um, that could actually make it back to the majors are doing really well right now in Charlotte. Um, Luis Gonzalez just got activated from the IL and he put together a decent game yesterday. And then Gavin Sheets, like you said, um, he's hit three homers already this year, um, doing really well. So, I mean, once the White Sox need bats, reinforcements in the outfield, the guys in Charlotte are proving that they should get a shot. Darren, I don't want it to happen, but I sort of do want it to happen. I don't want it to happen because it indicates bad things for the for the big club, but I sort of do want it to happen. I just want to see at some point, I want to see the outfield of like Gavin Sheets in right, Danny Mendick, Roman center, and Andrew Vaughn in left field. And just let's just go all in with the what in the hell are we doing out here outfield? You know, we had the three Garcias a few years back. Let's just have the huh outfield and you'll see, you'll see what happens. Um, uh, okay, uh, let's talk Jake Berger. Um, Jake, another guy who's proving, you know, again, extremely small sample size and a guy who hasn't played in like 18 years, but, uh, he's, he hits and it does seem like he's back to being a hitter and even better. And I don't think this is being too selective because he hasn't like piled up errors, but it seems like more often than Charlotte is tweeting out highlights of Jake Berger, you know, hitting a double to the wall or double off the wall is some pretty cool, pretty snappy, like backhand play, long throw across the diamond. The guy looks like, though we all had our doubts, and it helps mm-hmm. that he lost a considerable weight and has really, really retrained himself to be a guy who is ready to step into the major leagues. And he might be that guy on, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, he's had a couple of legends that Charlotte um, showed out, um, and he looks comfortable out there. Um, both at the plate and at third, which is fantastic for a guy that hasn't played in four years. Uh, he hit 200 points better this week than he did last week. Um, he did show that leather this week too. Um, but he's just, I mean, he's just really a fun story. I, I didn't, heading into the season, I didn't think we would see him in the majors ever just because yeah. obviously he hasn't played in four years, everything else. But I mean, just the fact that he has a WRC plus right at average right now is just, something otherworldly and he he's already improved in week two so I'm really excited to see how it turns out week three four in the future because uh, once he gets going then then it's going to be a uh, really really a tough time to keep him down there yeah I mean Darren I love you on Mankata I think he probably is MVP of the team even when Luis Robert is is healthy he can be sort of wildly erratic sometimes uh, yeah. but you know he's also a pop star so these things all weigh out to him probably being the guy, if not my favorite player, is a guy who you really can sort of, I think you can count on at this point for just solid season after solid season, especially beating down the coronavirus. 
like I guess he did, you know, let's fingers crossed on that. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, okay. So maybe he tweaks a hamstring and he's got to sit for 10 days. Jake Berger is a guy who's yeah, coming up. He's Jake. that close. Yeah. It's probably going to be Jake Berger. Um, Cause I mean, he's on a 40 man and you have to, if it's just a 10 day IL, you got to bring up the guy that's going to just be there for 10 days. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure they can move Danny Mendick over there and probably play around with that too. Um, but I, I've, I mean, week two was just really good. I fully expect him to see Jake Berger eventually. Um, even if maybe it's like a double header day, say like, just Jake, just go hang out over there. You deserve it <laughs> yeah. after all you've been through. Yeah. Um, but he's a really fun story. Really fun story. If not for cause the Drew Robinson story is also fantastic. And that's been a wild ride. Um, but Jake Berger is also something to keep an eye on just for, just for the feels and because he's actually playing well. Pergatron, you're close. You're close, yeah. man. Uh, okay. Now, I think on the first podcast with James Fox uh, and you, we all sort of had a chuckle about how far Ronaldo Lopez had fallen in the system to the point where he's sort of invisible. And listen, the guy's got a lot of opportunity when seemingly healthy. So I don't think the criticism is unfair. But he did have his first start uh, this past week. He pitched pretty well, it seems, and it's after getting apparently both eyes correct. I don't know if that means LASIK or what, but both eyes corrected. I think it was so LASIK. I guess he can see now. You think it? <laughs> you think that helps? Uh, so okay, is he back to like? I guess he's not number six arm because that's sort of Kopech right now. But I mean, is he sort of yeah. the first starter up? If he wasn't already, even though again his name never came up for this this twenty seventh man type of deal. Um, is he now the guy who will start if, if a start is necessary? Yeah, so I think it's, um, I, I think it's probably going to be Stever still, um, just because he hasn't actually shown what he, what he's capable of as a starter. So might as well see what an unknown has, especially if they're looking for a trade ship or whatever, then might as well see how, how the unknown does. Um, but I mean, the, the eyesight thing really seemed to help him because he had like eight, nine strikeouts in five innings, which is something that he usually doesn't do. Um, but he, he's got to put it together more often, obviously. Uh, he's supposed to be better than all these guys already because he has a lot of major league experience. Um, so he should be anyway. Um, but again, a starter is going to get hurt. (laughs) <laughs> or they're going to get really tired later in the season. So you need to have a lot of arms. That's not me being like, oh, the White Sox are, they always get hurt. That's just every single, that's every single baseball team. You, now, like the Dodgers, they can just bring up like top yeah, five prospects. Which is why, Derek, you need to have like more than barely five starters going into the season if you think you're going to go to the postseason. But again, as we keep saying, that's another podcast. But yeah, you're that's right. If if oh, oh if we only were the Dodgers, right? We just plug yeah. in some other. Dude. They are definitely not the Dodgers, <laughs> even though the major league team is still doing yeah. better right now. Yeah. Um, eventually, you're going to see Ronaldo Lopez in this. In during with the White Sox again, um, hopefully it's not for a really bad reason for like a 60 day IL kind of thing, um, but we will probably see him eventually. Another guy on that short list that, that you know will once again issue the parental discretion warning. This is a very small sample size this season, but Jimmy Lambert, a guy that even I think uh, again citing you know we're, we keep talking about people around this podcast. Come on, guys, 
come join us. There's plenty of room. Look, all around the screen, there's plenty of room. Uh, James Fox had mentioned was maybe going to be perhaps like uh, perhaps in the second half, like a Kopech role. And he still obviously could be doing that. But so far, a little sluggish out of the gate. Uh, flashes of concern there for you? Uh, no, um, I do not have any concern or I am not too excited only two <laughs> weeks through. Um, I mean, there are, there are like fun things like Luis Curbelo, five homers. That's mm-hmm. fun. Like it's just fun, but I, I, I won't start criticizing or being worried or being really excited about somebody uh, until probably uh, mid June after they get 30, 20, 30 games in. Um, and then some stats start to normalize to see where they are. Um, but I'm not worried about him. He, he's coming back from an injury last season. So he, he has to just kind of work himself back up. Um, so he didn't go through a normal off season, even though it already wasn't really normal to begin with. He's just coming back from injury. It takes a while to get through. Um, I'm sure if it was, uh, if they had rookie leagues, he wouldn't be in Charlotte. I'm sure they would probably put him in Birmingham or Winston-Salem, kind of just have him throw a couple innings down there and then call up and then call up until you get to Charlotte. And then you can throw five innings a day or at least five innings a day. Um, but I'm not, I'm not really worried about him right now. Listen, everybody, Darren isn't even concerned, excited. He's just passe right now about this whole season. And these shows have already been so good and so fun and hopefully fun for you to listen to. So imagine what's going to happen when he starts to get a little agitated, a little frustrated, a little cynical, a little sarcastic. <laughs> right now, see, I'm doing, I'm doing the tricks with, with the hat, see, because I got to try to, you know, put a little bit of gas into these. But, pff, I'll, you know, I'll be going bareheaded soon because – <laughs> no, we're going to get the feist coming from Darren. And besides that, every week I tell Darren, well, you know, probably going to be somebody else doing the farm thing with me next time. You know what? But Darren's a weeble wobbles. He just doesn't fall down. I mean, he's always coming back. He's always <laughs> here on a Monday and we're talking farm. So maybe uh, next week, I know Dan Victor is on a short list. Plus he keeps like, he keeps like sniping. He's like doing like Twitter sniping. Like, ah, you know, that was, I, I had this prospect much higher. I'm like, Dan, you had yeah. a vote. Taylor Barnell. <laughs> or, hey, you know, Romy's going to be a lot higher. Yeah. Okay. So, Dan, come on. We'll get you on soon. Yeah. Make Let's your talk. case. Uh, Julie Brady on the short list. I, I, apparently, she just put do not disturb messages for me because she's like focused on law school, focused <laughs> on the dash, whatever. But she got to join us soon. We got a lot of people are going to uh, hopefully be joining over the course of the year. But, Darren, I think you might just you're just going to be in the room. Maybe one time I'll just have you on and you're just you, we'll go, we're going to mute you and we just watch your face react to some of the things said. <laughs> but I do think everybody, Darren's probably going to be you know with us for by far the majority of the shows, if not every one of them, as long as he'll have me uh, wearing dumb hats and trying to put pressure on him about it. Uh, uh, but that could start with next week or maybe a couple of weeks from now, but uh, Darren, you'll be back real soon. And uh, uh, you know, thanks again for the very hard work that goes into these weekly and even coming up on monthly updates. Uh, it's yep, uh, perhaps yep. sometimes unforgiving work, especially early in the season when there's no trends, you got no, your dad is not telling anything yet. You're just trying to like squeeze a little bit out of what you're getting so far. And so far they've been fun reads. It's as if we're already mid season. So uh, thanks for doing that. And they've been great reads so far. Yeah. I mean, I'll keep doing them. Every week and every month, they'll you be got, there. You got the space. We're not going to run out of column inches. You got the space. You yeah. are on the interwebs. You have all the space you need. 
Uh, okay, uh, minor league updater on Sundays and Tuesdays, and of course, weekly guy and monthly guy for us as well. That's Darren Black. I am the minor league poser, Brett Ballantini. I try to sound like I know what I'm talking about, and maybe sometimes the questions I ask make some sense. Darren, thank you for mm-hmm. not catching uh, in your throat too often when I ask a question that's dumb. I appreciate it, <laughs> but uh, everybody, thank you for listening and reading again every night, six nights a week. We got mm-hmm. very detailed minor league updates coming for you. Hopefully you enjoy them. I appreciate everybody who has voted so far in our uh, MVP voting and cold cat voting. I believe I tallied up about 1,100 or 1,200 votes so far, and that's just 12 days in. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, so thanks, for everybody, for t- participating. Uh, clearly, you're reading and enjoying. Uh, Darren, thanks for being on. Uh, we'll get you on again real soon. Huh? I'll be here. All right. Well, literally, he's going to be there. He's not yeah. going to leave that that room well, right there. He just switches hats. Yeah. Uh, I might leave the screen for a bit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Before uh, Danny Mendick hits another grand slam, uh, we will sign off. And uh, we'll see you again in a week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs>